Welcome to Misunderstandings of the Mind podcast, the space where we explore common misunderstandings of how life works, allowing us to gain new perspectives on health, wealth, relationships, and much more. Life doesn't have to be hard work. It can be a flowing collection of experiences if we learn some simple truths about how our experience is created. Through this understanding, we realize that at a fundamental level, we are all already whole and perfect. Okay. Okay, we are live. Welcome to Misunderstandings of the Mind podcast. And uh, today I've got Marnix with me, my very good friend of quite a few years now. Um, I've been wanting to do a podcast with you for a while, you know, it's kind of like, it's, I feel like you have a, I feel, I don't know if everyone else does, but I feel like you have a huge impact, you know, on your sharing and stuff like that, you know, in the world and things that you, the way you express yourself, you know, and I, and I feel a lot of resonance with what you, how you express things and what you express, you know, so I was, it's been on my mind for a while, but I've been particularly shit. Anyone listening will know at doing podcasts for the last year, because I've been in my own transition and evolution of understanding and stuff, you know, so um, I'm really happy to be sat here again and sort of, and to press record, you know, and, and see what happens just in the, yeah. in the complete unknown, you know, of what we're going to, what we're going to get, where we're going to get to. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you did grow great with your first podcast, you know, and you, and you had had a lot of momentum, but that's that's you know, this I when we talked about this to do this uh, this this uh, little chat, we initially had the idea to um to talk about disappointment, you know, like the the day-to-day disappointment when you set up a course or like I did and like you've been doing. Yeah. And everybody is applauding you for it and nobody signs up. <laughs> like you know and then when you talk about it's so amazing it's so brave and the world needs this you're like yeah and you put your heart and soul in it and then nobody gives a fuck that's how it seems and we were we we, we talked about that just just to just to, to keep it real because i have been frustrated about that for years you know i've i have blogged so much i've made so many videos and to me it seems like the the, the what it has uh, has earned me or what it has done for me it doesn't it doesn't seem uh, like a, like a match to the energy and the love I poured into it. Mm. Now, if you're in a spiritual circle, you can easily try to squeeze it into some sort of form to make it right again. Like, well, you never know, and there are many people, and we do that all the time. And I'm so fucking done with that. <laughs> so th- this was one of the well we 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 were supposed to we had the 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 intention to talk about this and now and just before we we started the recording i proposed to you or presented to you the idea to talk about death death yeah. death not my uh, favorite topic but a very um actual very present very important topic for me right now because not very long ago, like one and a half week ago, one of the most important women in my life passed away. Uh, my, she was my girlfriend for almost twenty years. We share a beautiful daughter, and she was uh, a muse, and she was a, a supporter of mine in for thirty-five years. And she she uh, had cancer for six years, mm. and. I thought, fuck the whole disappointment thing. This is a, a bigger disappointment. And it's such a confusing situation for me because I have cried so much. The The, the ceremony the, was uh, last Tuesday. We were there. I, I, I did a speech. My daughter did a speech for her mom. Just, you know, can you imagine sitting in a room the day before with your daughter writing a speech for her dead mom? I, I You know, fucking hell. So... But there is sadness, there is confusion, there is guilt. Because I, I didn't know, I, I really didn't know how, how sadness can work when you let it work, when you let it do what it, what it does, come up and, and dissolve. And then, 
it's like ah you get you get some time to breathe i didn't know i have been suppressing my sadness all my life so sadness for me was like like the biggest thing in the world and the biggest thing to deny in the world i couldn't do it anymore a couple of months ago i decided when the the, the health of my 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 ex-girlfriend was very uh, rapidly deteriorating i i i couldn't be like the, the joker anymore like the, well uh, you know. i thought it was my job i thought my job was to be to, to send the positive vibes and i did and she was grateful but she gave me one last amazing gift and that was the gift of our connection and my love for her was so big that i could no longer pretend that i wasn't heartbroken so the last couple of weeks when we were called into the hospital, uh, which is never a good sign if the family is called into the hospital. And she was mm. there after six years. Um, she had a very aggressive form of cancer. And it, it turned out that in the last one and a half months, the cancer has spread like in almost every part of her body. So she was in immense pain. Mm. And when we were in the hospital, um, the doctor said, you, you can think in terms of days now. Now we we knew it, it 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 was really bad, but then we had to kind of shift into this new mode. And what I found out is that when this happens, is that people kind of most people switch on their like this practicality mode, like Ooh, we can do stuff. Let's start arranging. So we set up an app group, and then we made a like a schedule, and and. The people in the hospital, they were amazing and they couldn't help her anymore. So the only thing that they could do was comfort her with pain medication. Now, I was very, um, I was very critical when it, when it came to pain medication, like uh, uh, Oxycontin and stuff like that, you know, uh, um, Oxycodone, what, what is it, what is, what's the name? And stuff like that because of the, the, the profits they made. And so I can tell you. I'm really happy with that shit. Mm. When she was in the hospital and the, the cancer was in all her bones and in her liver and in her brain, this stuff made her relax in the end. And so we had one and a half week to be with her. And it was the, the most intense time of my life because she was dying. Mm. And if people are dying, <laughs> you know, it's there's no use in pretending that they're not. So all the bullshit was gone. And the only thing we did was hugging and kissing and telling each other how much we love each other and, and holding her and crying and laughing and crying again and laughing and being open with other people. It was such an amazing time and it was such a condensed emotional time. And um, I'm now it's, it's one and a half week after uh, her passing and I was there when it happened. And I'm I'm so grateful that I was there, that I, I was on one side of the bed, my daughter was on the other side, and we were there when she, she, she whatever you want to call it, left, left mm -hmm. her body. And, um, and the life just goes on, like literally, you look outside of the window and there's the garbage collector and people argue and then there's somebody's, it's so confusing. But then you realize this is always happening. When I go to the bagels and beans coffee shop and I get my coffee, probably five people in there have somebody who, who recently passed on. They're just sitting there. So it's so confusing. The sadness, the gratefulness, the gratitude, the being in the bubble of only only worrying about making the last time together so incredibly powerful and amazing. And then all the things like, why don't we do this more often? Why aren't we open? So I, I thought, because I know your, your life hasn't been smooth sailing <laughs> constantly, I, 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 I figured that talking about this, uh, the grief, this, the sadness, the waves of sadness, the, the guilt, but also what can you do? We talked so much in the last couple of weeks. I 
shared so much about my um, the things I um, I realized were shitty because I did many shitty things. We could talk about that and 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 then let it go and be together and not care about those things anymore and let love be the most important thing. So it, this was the most transformational period of my life and everything is there. Everything is there. And, you know, here I am. I, I, I always thought that if, if a loved one that is so close to me dies, I will probably be devastated. Mm. I am, but I'm also not. And now I want to say that I think because of my years of spiritual fuckery, whatever, <laughs> navel-gazing, exploring, searching, yeah. have provided me with a sense of safety and connection, which makes it possible to be with this anguish and with this uncomprehensible loss, like a, the person's there and then she will never be there again anymore. So these things is, is it, these things are going through my mind right now and taking care of my daughter. She's 21, she's a big girl right now. She's so strong and powerful and amazing. And we've done this, this funeral thing together, this cremation thing, mm. uh, uh, and it was her biggest nightmare. Not just her mom dying, obviously, but also being with all the grown-ups who, you know, reached out to her. And it was a beautiful day. It was a sunny day after five days of, 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 of horrible weather in, in the Netherlands. And we looked at the sky and said, ah, mom did this really, really, really well for us. Yeah. So this, this, is, uh, this is, yeah, this is what I want to share now. I, th I guess what I'm really curious about is kind of like, <clears throat> like what happens, you know, in, to to dissolve like any boundaries or barriers that have been that that the human experience has created. You know, it's kind of like in though in that time when you kind of realize, you know, like it seems like what you're saying, and this is just my interpretation, you know, is that it all just dissolves and there's just love, you know, like mm. in that, in that last time when you're together. And I've always been curious about that, how not necessarily in your case, I don't really know if there was um, ch challenges or difficulties between you, but like, I guess what I've seen in other experiences as well is like resentments and years of bitterness and disconnection just disappear you know it's kind of mm. like in that last moment and it's like all of a sudden there's just pure love and connection and it's like and and gratitude for the moment which is is what i heard from you you know about that about that last period of time and it's if if any experience can just dissolve those barriers you know it's kind of like then it says that they're kind of that there's something like uh flimsy about them you know yeah i i think what is important to realize is that after we separated we we remained really good friends so there was no um bitterness there we were extremely respectful mm. of each other and we loved each other very much and we we wanted the other person to have a great life. We, 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 I think we were, I was the love of her life and she was the love of my life, but we couldn't live anymore together. We couldn't be in a relationship, in a romantic relationship anymore. But there was like a huge amount of respect and, and admiration and love and, and, and we were dedicated to our daughter. So my daughter never ever had any worries about us being in a battle or something. We didn't know that, anything like that. Yeah. I get that. I've heard from many people when all of this happened that it was pretty um, rare that somebody who's no longer the partner of somebody, because we have been separated for 15 years, uh, that they are so deeply involved again. And that seems to be a special thing, but, you know, pff, there was no doubt about that, that that was supposed to to happen so i was there in the
in the last days when it went really fast and we could, were able to take her in a wheelchair and go outside in, in the sun for just one more day and eat an ice cream in the evening and have fun and be with her. And we were allowed to, of course, my daughter was allowed to have the most time. We, we, we set up all these, these experiences and she, she uh, st stayed over at the hospital and at the hospice in the end. Yeah. Um, but... I'm not sure. I think there was some bitterness at her parts, something that she has had had learned to not um, be uh, too um, encouraged about anymore. Because I, I, when I drank a lot, I was obviously I was a very antisocial and very um, self-centered person, and she, I, I did shitty stuff. Like, you know, I, I had uh, affairs and uh, I was very, very, very unreliable. But she was always so incredibly supportive. So I brought these things up in the last couple of months because I realized, I finally realized how much of an asshole I had been. Now, I guess in relationships, we, we, all, get, we all get something out of the deal always, right? So it, it's... It's not about who is the worst person, but we were able to address that in the last two weeks, like in 10 minutes. And then we looked at each other like, okay, <laughs> who fucking cares? And she told me how much she loved me, and I told her how much I loved her and how amazing. She was the most beautiful woman I've ever seen it was so it was she was so special and when I saw all the, the photographs during the the ceremony <laughs> and I heard that everybody around her had been in love with her all of all the, for for her whole lifetime so I think the pending death you know life ending without a doubt we know it and, but we shove it away because it's what we can do because we don't want to think about it every day. Now, especially in the Western part of the world, obviously. Mm. I think a lot of other cultures do it way better and way more open and way more joyful even. You know, death in, in our part of the world is such a such a, an eerie, dark, don't talk about it. It's always like in movies, it's always raining when, it's, when people are buried. And it's so depressing everything about it so we most of us I, I i for sure i didn't i didn't learn about about the value of life versus death or um how you can what what happens to people when they you know she was very she was very scared a couple of days before uh, she died and then she kind of she kind of relaxed in the last couple of days, she was fine. She was fine. She was done. Her body was so fucked up. She was so tired. And she had been with that broken, shitty, fighting body for six years. And, and there was nothing left for her to do. So for her, it was, it was good. It was really good for her. Mm -hmm. For us, not so much. But because it was good for her, that makes a difference. It makes a difference that we could be there for two weeks every day, two times, three times, sit there, hold our hands, say stupid things, tell jokes. Because, of course you do that. Because that's, it's like life in a very condensed uh, way where um, the sadness is uh, juxtaposed with fun and joy and happiness which is also a form of release obviously um but i i was wondering when we when when i i kind of threw this topic on you before uh while we were supposed to to uh to jerk off about free stuff online and how fucked up that is in the market of coaching and self-help and people are blasé and then I appreciate stuff. We, we, we had like a, a smoldering batch of shit waiting for us to, to, to dance around in. And then I proposed this topic because you, I know that you have been contemplating death and yeah. that you have seen people around you not just contemplating death, but also acting on it. So uh, what is your your experience with death? Yeah. 
Just lastly, you know, on your, not lastly, but like, I just want to reflect that it sounds like such a, you know, it's very touching, but a very beautiful experience that you had with her, you know, and it's kind of like to listen to that is very touching, you know, for me, just to, just what I imagine it to be, you know, it kind of, it sounds, um, yeah, just sounds very touching, you know, to hear that, that experience that you had with her. And I'm glad that you got that time, you and your daughter, for sure. You know, it's like, because I guess leading into like, how death is so opening, like in that situation where there's just so much love, you know, it's kind of like, and, and, and sadness and love and pain and love, you know, it's kind of like that kind of like you said, but like for me, how death was completely the opposite, you know, and it was just the closing down of everything and, and, uh, um, you know, a traumatic childhood experience losing my dad, you know, just that. You know, just that he went out and then just didn't come back, you know. And I guess my mum always told the story, you know, of kind of like that I didn't give a shit. That's what she used to tell the story, you know, that I didn't show you. any Yeah, me, yeah, that I didn't show any emotion and that uh, it didn't bother me. You know, that's the story that she always told, you know. It's kind of like that, you know. But That's um, not good. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it probably didn't, you know to the surface because she never knew she she didn't ever knew me you know it's kind of like and that like i um repressed everything you know it's kind of like and and decided unconsciously in my little five-year-old uh body my you know like that um love was no longer safe you know and that i was gonna you know keep myself um guarded from ever experiencing love again, just to be, just to just to be okay, you know. Um, have you ever consciously? Have you ever paid, you know, your attention, or, or have you ever been aware around that moment of cutting off the pain and the confusion and deciding not to give a shit? Have you ever returned to that place and? you know, I felt the grief that was, must have been there somehow. What do you think about that? I, I've been revisiting it my whole life, you know, like mm. no less painful today than what it was 46 years ago. You know, it's kind of like uh, perhaps even more painful now than then, you know, um, because of my innocent shutdown you know and kind of and and then that led to all the escapism you know in life you know the food addiction the um being medicated at a young age by the psychiatric profession um and being sent to special schools psychiatric wards and uh and just being completely fucking outrageous you know what i mean like i used to st I, I mean like the things i used to do as a kid you know it's like i would there was a safe, I mean, just as an example, just one, but I'm talking about there was hundreds, you know, like there was a safe in our house. My mum had a business and she used to, must have done some work for cash, I guess. And it was under the floorboards. And I used to get up at five o'clock in the morning before anyone else, creep downstairs, steal the key to the safe, take money out of it. Because I didn't know if like, you know, like I, I didn't actually care whether she knew how much there was or not. I just presumed that I would get away with it and go and do things like buy motorbikes or, or bikes at like 10 or 12 years old. You know, it's kind of like I can turn up back at home with a motorbike and say somebody gave it to me, you know, or, or I found <laughs> it or something, you know, like thinking yeah. that nobody knew, you know, but like that's how how much I wanted to escape being me you know it's kind of like the kind of outrageous i used to get brought home by the police or, or you know i mean like the escapism that went on you know after that and and then in later life you know kind of like uh you know the effect that that had on me just the the picking of relationships that were loveless just because it was safe you know all the stuff that i've kind of been digging into lately you know again you know really looking at how this um innocent response to trauma you know as a child kind of um is you know how i 
un unconsciously to me choose you know to to stay in that safety you know it doesn't show up in thought it doesn't i don't look at someone and go yeah that person's emotionally unavailable i'm going to pick them for a relationship no but it's but it's how it works like that you know it's yeah kind of like, it just happens <laughs> like magnetic what, yeah. what i wonder is is what, what you said when your mother your mother always said that you didn't give a shit mm. um Did she say that soon after your dad didn't come home anymore? Or was that a conclusion from later on? I can't remember when I first heard her say it. You know, it was like... But it's almost like you lived up to that expectation when she said it. Like, he doesn't give a shit. Like, okay, let's do that. You know, let's let's go for that one. Yeah. You, you know, what's interesting is in the psychiatric reports from when I was like nine years old, when I was first given a diagnosis of being depressed and put on medication, there's this long kind of a uh, couple of these long written reports about what was wrong with me. Right. And it's like, there's not one mention of grief in there. It's not even mentioned. Doesn't even talk about it. You know, it says uh, that I'm a, a withdrawn boy who shows signs of psychomotor retardation, which basically means you're kind of slow, you know, it's kind of like, okay. And, uh, and all this other stuff, socially awkward and blah, 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 and all this, but nothing about grief, you know, it's kind of like not even were, were you interviewed for that assessment? Or, or, I, I guess I saw a psychiatrist at the local kind of place. Yeah. 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 So this, 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 I guess, I guess this event was incredibly um important and dominant in how you showed up after that so i i you know when you 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 the contrast between having a couple of weeks to be consciously caring for a person that is dying while you both know it while you both feel the importance of being together versus being five year old and hearing that your dad your dad will never come home again i think that's a that's a huge huge difference and i can imagine the uh, the amount of pain you must have put away instantly when that happened and how that pile of pain has been there probably for a very long time and all the things you did to not feel it you know yeah. makes so much sense the body still kind of says no, you know, like if I want to look at it, you know, the, it's like I have this experience of like feeling this energy come up through my body to my chest and then my chest going, stop, you know, it's kind of like that. And it's like, and it's almost like I'm about to vomit a football, you know, or something. It's like, it's, it's too big, you know, it's not going to come out. It's not going to fit, you know, that's, that's, that's my, as, as I, in more recent years, as I've, stopped spiritually bypassing my body's kind of experience and started to be willing to be reconnected because I guess I dissociated, I completely disconnected from my body and I lived as a walking head. So when I first got into the spiritual navel gazing, as you call it, that was perfect for me because I didn't have to address my body. It was all in the head. It was nothing, you know, like I could just yeah. Look, this is just all thought and it's nothing else going on here and perfect, you know, it's like I just don't think about it, it doesn't happen or I, I don't pay attention to my thoughts, there's no feelings, blah, 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 you know, and it's kind of like, but then I just was constantly noticing the body wanting to do, you know, respond and react and contract and kind of twist and turn and stuff, you know, and it's like, and, and then when I'd have conversations with people say, you connected to your body and I'd be like, the fuck does that mean? You know, it's kind of like, mm. I'm like a walking to-do list. That's me. You know, it's yeah. kind of like everything goes on in my head. I don't actually feel connected to my body. And then when I start doing some sort of somatic inquiry, you know, it's kind of like, and, and, and just talking to my body, dialoguing, you know, what's, what does it want to say at times? You know, I, I start to feel this stuff want to come out. And then I start to notice how it shows up in my life in so many places, you know, and kind of, keeps me safe you know it's 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 done a great job you know the system it's kind of like it, it's kept me safe that's what it's done you know mm -hmm. kept me safe from from ever feeling that hurt again of of loss yeah. you know that was the it was all in service of the the imaginary 
safety that I needed, you know, just to be okay, because that's, as a small boy, there's no cognitive and rational function going on. There's no decision made, you know, to just keep yourself safe. It just fucking happens, you know, that's it. And then unknown to me, unconsciously to me, it continues to show up throughout my life. You know, it's kind of like, and I try everything I can to avoid feeling, you know, and spiritual. Still? Do you still do that? It seems to me that you kind of, opening up yeah i feel very connected to my heart and my body you know and i don't mind feeling my emotions but there are times when it still dictates you know my my um experience you know it shows up you know uh, momentarily or or for a brief period not like it used to it's not completely unconscious i know what it is straight away but it still happens you know how are you with you know i've noticed that after I had a really weird summer, and I think we talked about this. I like where I, I, it seems to me, and maybe you had the same expectations about spirituality, like like you were. You didn't. You, you didn't. You were just a head. So yeah. fuck that body. I don't want to know. But but I even want to. I even want to leave the head. And like spirituality will make it possible that I can leave that too. So I'm somewhere out of my body and out of my head. I had that. Like this is the ultimate escape, um, and I. It seemed like I was going in that direction more and more and more and more, more the the the, the weird abstract but very well known comfortable feeling of of awareness and oneness and stuff like that. I'm really, I love that shit and I can I can feel it feel it very well. And then at the end of the summer, I felt so lonely mm. because I didn't feel like a human anymore and i was sad about that i th- I was sad about like it just occurred to me that i i don't think that's why we are here like we're you know i it, this this whole escape thing is obviously an amazing dream if you if you hate your life and if you hate your body and if you hate people mm-hmm. but at the end of the summer i realized i'm going in the wrong direction you know, I gotta go back back inside, and I think I, I, let's let's get it over with. I'm not doing it. <laughs> fuck that shit. You know, um, it happened that at the end of the summer, when I became more and more expanded and and non-dual in my daily being, that I <laughs> was brought back to earth, and then I realized this is what I want, and then I started. Three months ago, then I started crying, and I started to become uh, emotional, and I loved it. I loved it. Fifty-four years old, learning to be emotional, learning to fucking feel, and then the end of my beautiful, dear uh, girlfriend Kato came, and I was ready yeah. for that emotion. And I think that's what what made it so beautiful, because dying is not just not just terrible. There's so much involved, and when you kind of, I, I think I over the last years, let's let's give credit to spirituality and how I did it. Is the grounding is amazing. It's really helpful when you think that you don't want to get up in the morning, and you kind of do it anyway. So um, emotions feeling, um, grief, grief about a a five-year-old boy who didn't have a dad and who made a very logical decision based on not knowing anything about life and sticking to that conclusion, like we all do. But you said something about safety and in the last couple of days, days I think I, I think safety and unsafety is 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 probably the only problem we have, or the only conundrum we have as 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 human beings. I think we do everything we do in order to either gain more perceived safety, mm. or get away from situations that are perceived as unsafe. Everything you can ask me anything that people do, and I can also always translate it back to the safety. And I think that that's where this spirituality thing 
where we kind of get a sense of, ooh, there is this uninterrupted energetic knowing that makes feeling bearable. That makes, un because that is never unsafe. <laughs> you know, you can find safety in ideas or in thought patterns or in stuff, but in your true self, that is safety. <coughs> 100%. So I think that's what I what I realized and I think that's that's when I, why I wanted to share this 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 story about the death of my dear friend. Yes, it's fucking horrible. It's sad. I miss her so much. I miss her so much. I'm so sad. I cry so much and then I don't. So it makes the whole it made me so open to being there with her. Like, you know, I, saw, I, I spoke one of, to one of my best friends uh, two, two days ago on the ceremony, and he said, you know, the Marnics I know from a couple of years ago would have never been able to deal with this, mm. ever. You would be, be fucked over, like, and you would, you would never, you know, you would never return from, from the agony of this thing, but now you can do that. So, feeling um, um, your football wanting to come out how how are you in the process right you where you are in life right now where you like have small chunks of that coming out and then because that's what i see you have sadness sadness and then you, you don't you don't you don't stop it you don't push it away sadness sadness, sadness and then it kind of stops and like ah whew. like you get some <laughs> like you ah and it's gone for a while. It's an amazing system. <laughs> I didn't know it worked like that. It's it's so brilliant. But God, I, you, I actually like being feeling sad in a strange kind of way because I've not felt I've felt so nothingness, you know, for so long. And I kind of would almost like, what is this body that I'm connected to? You know, it's like mm -hmm. I like feeling my heart. You know, it's like a, the, even though it's an ache in my heart. You know, it's kind of it's nice to be connected to and. And, um, you know, that was like the men's thing came up because it was like, you know, there's so much um, lack of willingness to be vulnerable. You know, there was for me, you know, my whole life just to show up as this masculine provider bullshit. You know, it's kind of like all the toxic nonsense that's been fucking installed and that you see being sold, you know, packaged and sold all the time. It's kind of like, but like just to show up in that unknown place and be willing to feel, you know, it's kind of like that. And, and that's, so I kind of got this um, love-hate relationship with it, you know, where, where I love to feel and I love to feel my heart, you know, and in a way it's kind of like, like the sometimes it gets too intense without kind of trying to vomit a football experience, you know, it's like when my yeah. body just literally says no. And I'm kind of like, willing now i'm 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 in that kind of space of being looking at that you know of, of of questioning my body and seeing what it wants to tell me and and uh being willing to to find what i find you know and see and 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 be in that um be in the space of awareness and just be willing to feel whatever i feel whatever comes you know it's like whether it's anger whether it's sadness whether it's grief whether it's screaming shouting whatever it is you know it's kind of like just being that and, and i think the spiritual journey you know like that we i know we've we were didn't go on a journey together but somewhat we went through similar stuff you know the three principles non-duality different stuff you know and it's kind of like it almost in a way gave me the will the knowing that i'm okay that i'm always okay you know it's kind of like and um it took me to a good place you know it kind of disconnected me from the story the victim the survivor you know the, the, mm, the connection yeah. in the mind that somewhat perpetuates the past experience you know it's kind of like but it didn't it didn't free me of the body you know it's kind of like and like you said you know i just got to, I, I was i was speaking to a woman from the um osho community you know it's kind of like and i love osho i've read so many of his books i think to me he he cuts to the to the core of things so quickly and so good in his words. And I, and I love his books that I've read. And she just said to me one day, she looked at me and I was talking about spiritual awakening or something. And she said to me, she went, uh, what are you doing with your hands? You know, and I just went, I was kind of like this, you know, and she said, oh, what happens if you stop doing that? 
just so many tears came out, you know, and, and she never said anything. She just sat present, you know, she was just, and, I, and my heart could feel the warmth, you know, like the presence that you feel when, when somebody's just very present with you, you could feel it. And it's kind of like, she just sat with me, you know, and it's kind of, and I just cried and cried and cried. And I thought, you know, I've been trying to escape this experience of being connected to my body. You know, I've been by telling myself it's all thought, it's all this, it's all that. And, the, and that's when I kind of said, okay, you know, let's be with a body, you know, it's kind of like, let's stop trying to bypass it. Let's stop trying to use the head to avoid the body. You know, it's kind of like, and, and, and become, you know, you can call it, embodied awareness or embodied awakening or whatever you want to call it but like like you said come back to being human rather than going in the opposite direction and kind of like becoming so fucking abstract that you don't feel or experience any of the humanness you know it's kind of like but coming back to just being all the, you know all that all that it is the human experience the tears you know the the snot you know the the bullshit you know the the anger the sadness the grief whatever it is you know and that yeah. knowing it's okay. And what I, I've been talking about this, this, these things, uh, like I knew what I was talking about for a long, a long time. And what I, the stuff that I've seen right now, one, the number one thing that this has taught me is how much I love it to open up my heart. And it's like a physical thing. I can sit somewhere and I can feel, because I've always been very closed off. Like that was my, like, you know, distant, cynical. I have st still trouble, you know, hugging people and being intimate. Even with my daughter, it feels still like, ah, still, still uncomfortable. I, I'm working on it. Mm. But I feel like I, I, I try, try to, like, cool, calm and collect it as, as, a, as a pose. Like all the fucking time and i now that i have been forced somehow to open up my heart because i wanted to mm. i wanted to i wanted to i didn't want to fuck around anymore and 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 and, and beat around a bush anymore and and then i opened up my heart and it felt so amazing mm. it felt so amazing and then i wanted to do that all the time but it, i can't <laughs> So it's so frustrating because this this system is so used to closing off all the time, and I and I guess it's okay, uh, you know, in in specific situations to kind of maybe it's it's undoable to have a, have an open heart all the time. But one of the things that I I've noticed is that we I was in a bubble for two three weeks, like around her her dying with six other people like her brother and my sister and her best friend and somebody else and my daughter and we were like the best team in the world <coughs> and because all the bullshit was stripped and because we were so incredibly open and so in tune with each other it was amazing it was like a magical bubble but then she dies and then you have the, the funeral and the thing and then it's gone and it was almost almost a bit addictive because it made life so incredibly simple and it was just about love. Mm. Nothing else mattered, nothing. It was only about what can we do for her? What can we do to make her comfortable? What can we do to show her how much we care? That was the only thing and it was amazing. It was amazing to have just one task instead of the 15 millions we normally have during the day. So returning to like normal life, fucking weird right now, to be honest. Mm. But this was the last gift she has presented me with, the, the opening of my heart and falling in love with my own heart and um, not wanting to close it off anymore at all so i'm 54 i have the rest of my life to learn this to learn about this i always like it when when i know there's still so much to learn and i'm already happy with it <laughs> can i go oh, okay this is good i know i'm not i'm not even close to what it can be but this is already good so um we seem to seem that death and love and openness it's so deeply, deeply connected. And I think you and I, you know, talking about death, we, I, I, I think I was working on the killing of the ego, 
right? That's mm. the thing. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you try to do that too. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I tried to kill myself a couple of times, didn't work. Let's kill the ego, you know? Maybe yeah. that's less radical. And then, and then you somehow probably realize that, A, the ego is just an imaginative, imaginary thing. And B, it's like a, like a, well, it's like a made-up identity that is very functional and very practical. Yeah. And then you kind of, hmm, all right, well, there is this ego. It's not real, but it's there. It's, it's kind of pretends to be me. Okay, then there's the body, then there's the world. It's all one, and it's also not one. And then we, you have to <laughs> reconcile all of this shit, right, and make something out of it. For me, what happened is I wanted to expand into oblivion, didn't work out, but I kind of touched into the, the, the amazingness of the, <coughs> the intelligence of the universe, mind with a capital M, Yay, hooray for Sydney Banks, and um, which made me less afraid of being human, being like, you know, like, oh, nothing can really happen. Ah, let's see what. You know what goes on. What goes on happens in the in the world of the humans. Like it sounds way more brave than it is to me because I don't feel that brave. But um, it's very rich, don't you think so? It's very complete. It's very whole. Even you're. I don't feel. Don't really feel whole yet. But it feels so much more reasonable or something like that. Like everything is there. Yeah. Not just the. Oh, I'm amazing and everything is for you and everything happens for a reason. <laughs> no, I don't know. My my ex, did she die for a reason? No, well, she died because people die. That's the game. That's part of the game. We all will and we all don't want to think about it. And I had to think about it. And it made me richer than ever before. Yeah. I When I think, I mean, I, I've said many times that I was in some strange way grateful, you know, it's kind of like, I want to add to that, you know, that I'm both grateful and I'm, and I fucking wish it hadn't have happened, you know, and it's kind of like for, for my loss and in, in both, you know, it feels paradoxical in that way. And it's like, and, and I heard, you know, it's actually when I was in the Netherlands that weekend when we met, you know, it was kind of like that, um, grief is the, is the loss of a dream that was never going to happen. You know, mm. and I kind of sat mm. with that and I thought, you know, it's so true, right? It's kind of like I spent my whole life in fucking pain about something, that, uh, an imaginary life. You know, my dad may have been a fucking asshole. You know, it's kind of like he may have fucked off and left us. You know what I mean? One yeah. year later, yeah, yeah. I never seen him again and I might have hated him my whole life. Mm -hmm. It's like, who knows? It's like, but I, but I grieve this... Uh, great father son relationship with this amazing dad you know it's kind of like that that yeah. left this huge gaping hole in me my whole life and that if he would have been around it would have been so different and you know and all that and he's like i never considered that that may not have happened you know no but you grieve the possibility and of course we always we are, we're always afraid for stuff that doesn't happen. We are always wishing we lived a life that seems to run parallel to ours and we never get on that track. That is the, 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 the drama of being human, is that we always think there's a better life somewhere <laughs> and that we're missing out on it, that we should have done this or that. And it doesn't exist. But it adds to the drama, the fact that you think about your dad. Maybe he was—he would have been the best dad in the world. You don't know, yeah. but you can't—you can't—it's not math. You can't—you you can't say like, well, maybe he was an asshole, so I don't care. No, it's yeah. of course not. It does, but it—it it, it, yes, it might be true. But <coughs> what is also true is that you never had the chance to find out. Mm. There was no option to do so. That has been taken away from you. In a way, you could say it's not been taken away from you because it wasn't there in the first place. But now we're going, you know, in a, in a really weird direction. Fuck that shit, mm. you know. Stuff, sometimes it's just stuff. Being annoyed that you, you create a course like I did in Holland about fear and then seeing people respond to it. Oh, yeah, it's great. Oh, so good that you do it. And then crickets are on the money front. Like, it fucks me up. 
I think it's, it feels very ungrateful. Now, is it? I don't, I, sometimes I just want to feel that it's ungrateful. I don't want to rationalize it. I don't want to think that I may have helped a million people not kill each other, but they just don't tell me, mm. you know? <laughs> Fuck that shit. Let's be, let's be real. Let's be disappointed, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> so no, I, I'm I, with I, you. I'm with you. You know, it's kind of like, um, I think because we're really touching on the stuff where people don't want to look at, you know, it's kind of like, this is the shit that like people run away from their whole life. Like we did. Like, yeah, Let's be exactly. fair. Right? Yeah. Right? Exactly. And like once you start, people start looking at the content of your course or listening to the sound of your words and they go, fuck that. You know, I don't yeah. want to go there. You know, I yeah. want to get better, but I don't want to go there. Or I want to go there, but I want to do it for free. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, hey, man, you should you should be happy that you can, you know, consider me a, as a free client with the eight, eight videos you set up and the website and the domain name and the... Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah. But that was not the topic we decided to talk about. Uh, yeah. We decided to talk about, but in a way it's loss. It's loss. It's also loss of a dream. Your dream was at least for this thing, your dream was to kind of build your own little community around how you see being a man and how you, how you respond to the difficulties of being a man and, and seeing other people struggle. That came from your heart. So the pain is not just disappointment. The pain is also following your dream following your heart following your intuition and then not seeing it turn into something that is supposed to be now that's painful that is also loss in a way yeah now we can say well like i did you know when you wrote about it to me like in the messenger like i said well you did it for yourself you know this was your male journey but you know strip that shit away and all these nice fancy words it's just it just sucks it sucks if you build something you write something and, and people don't respond why because it's important for you mm. and it's just like people don't agree <laughs> you know that feels like shit yeah it does period so you think we, we're gonna give this one for, for free we're gonna gonna give it away or we ask like 150 pounds for this hour of amazing content yeah i think we keep this bit in the recording you know and just put it out there and just see how human we are you know it's kind of like i'm i'm i'm, I'm up for that these days you know i've got nothing to hide that was exactly why i pointed it out to keep it in the video yeah okay <laughs> who fucking cares like what what, what can happen people go, oh well oh, they're Oh, they're disappointed. Uh, they're not as evolved as I am. Un unprofessional. <laughs> oh, yeah, unprofessional. Uh, grow up, man. Cool. Well, I think that's a good place to bring the recording to an end anyway. What yep. do you think? I, I think so. And Thank let's... You. And uh, if, uh, if people want to find you and find about you, where do they go, Jason? <laughs> Just type manix.nl, right? Yeah. That's yeah. the one. Yeah. Yeah, but bring money. Yeah, bring money. It's not fucking free, okay? Oh, no. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs>